Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, April the 11th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we begin year C of Holy Week and there are several things going on this week. This is like the mother load for liturgy in the church calendar year. And so there are going to be days we're going to be like in Holy Week and then there's going to be like a Monday Thursday and a Good Friday and all that stuff. So we've got so much to choose from. So today, once again, Mondays, you look at the Old Testament text. So I'm going to be in the book of Isaiah, chapter 42, verses 1 through 9. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise, meet God together in a time of prayer. Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 through 9. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says the Lord, the God, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, this is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. This is the word of God for us. There is a narrative arc to the biblical story. If the, there's like a title or what, so I to ask you, what is the Bible about from beginning to end? Uh, one of the shorthand ways that N.T. Wright, scholar would say, is that it's the marriage of heaven and earth. That's, that was God's dream as uh, articulated in the first few chapters of Genesis. And uh, that relationship with God and his co-regents, his people created in his image, has been strained. And so God is fixing that relationship as he is also fixing the world around us. Those two are not separate from one another. So when we get here to Isaiah chapter 42, we know that there is a pivot. There's a key change in Isaiah at chapter 40. Um, a lot of Old Testament scholarship suggests that this is maybe a second voice and a continuation of the tradition of the Isaiah prophet, prophetic word that's spoken in Israel. And so here we have this key change. God's looking ahead. And he's talking about a servant. And uh, as we look at the contents of these first nine verses, we see that the servant is eager and the servant is at work. The servant is doing the work of justice and he continues his work. He will not wear out or faint, it says in verse four, until justice goes to the coastlands and the people in the coastlands wait for his teaching. And so what we're seeing is that this is not just about the restoration of Israel, the people of God where this word was spoken to, but this is beginning to extend beyond its borders to distant lands. Uh, God goes into first person voice here in verse five and six, but you look at verse six, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and I have kept you. I've given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon 
and the prison those who sit in darkness. So there's something that's going to the ends of the earth. It's redemptive and justice in its shape. And this term righteousness is important. This is a law court term. There would be a declaration from a judge that this is now in the right. Whenever somebody brings a case to a court, they're suggesting that something is not right. And so when lawyers and judges get involved, there is this reckoning of what would be, what would make this to the rights or what would it be right and whole again? And that's where this righteousness comes from. It's not just about moral fortitude, but it's about bringing something back into its original form being restored in some way. And so God is sending Jesus out. He is the servant who's going to distant lands. He's, his teaching is going to the ends of the earth. He's working with all of his might in order to establish God's righteousness or this one plan, this one world back to the rights. I just love how this verse 9 this hits us right here at the end of the passage. It says, See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I will say to them, God's moving forward. He's moving on. He's got a dream, and he's bringing his story forward, and he's going to communicate it in and through his people. That's happening today. Because we, what we believe is that this process of marriage in heaven and earth, it's not completed yet. Jesus has done something through the cross and the resurrection. God has done something by giving God's spirit uh, to the church in order to bear witness to what God is doing in the world around us. But there is still work to be done. And so on this holy week, as we get closer to the cross, to the empty tomb, we must keep our mission and its shape in mind. This story goes to the ends of the earth. It makes things right. And it's a place where prison doors open, blind eyes are open, and people are put back together and made whole. It starts with you, it starts with me, and it goes through us to the people that we know and to the strangers that we have yet to encounter all the way to the ends of the earth. To be involved in this story takes guts, so it takes prayer. So let's spend our time praying along those themes this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we rejoice that you've drawn us into your story. We thank you for Holy Week where we get to go through the phases of the suffering of Christ, which ultimately leads forth into his vindication and then to the exaltation of Jesus and the giving of the Spirit to the church. We thank you that this week recalibrates our life. We confess to you that we have not always had a kingdom-shaped mind or kingdom-shaped body and a kingdom-shaped intentions. We have been out of shape with you. And so, God, we pray that during this Holy Week, as we take it all in once more, the command to love one another on Monday, Thursday, the witnessing the suffering and the passion of Christ on Friday, and then rejoicing that the tomb is empty, that the whole creation comes out with you on Easter Sunday morning. I pray that this week would be a profound weight upon our shoulders and minds. It would cause us to cast off the things that encumber and get in our way and get in front of us, and I pray that we might be able to run with endurance the race that Jesus has set before us. So we pray that you set apart this week, that you'd speak to us, and that we would hear you today when you tell us that we shouldn't dwell on the former things, but new things are arriving, and you you announce them and communicate them as they spring into being. So God, we want to be a part of that dream. We want to be part of that story, and so we ask that you'd fit us for that purpose and task. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.